Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome to ABC News Live. We are hearing for the first time from President Trump's niece, Mary Trump, since the publication of her explosive new memoir, Too Much and Never Enough. And I sat down and spoke with her in this exclusive interview about her uncle, about her belief that he is, quote, utterly incapable of leaving this country and why it's dangerous in her view to allow him to do so. Here's my conversation with Mary Trump. You'll only see this extended cut of the interview right here on ABC News Live. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me. Too much and never enough. Explain why you chose the title. In thinking about my family, um, it applies because people associate money with them, understandably. And for my grandfather in particular, um, there was no such thing as having enough money. So I, I was uh, thinking about what that meant and I, and also thinking about the psychology behind him and uh, his children, I was very curious about the foundational issues um, that Donald and his siblings lived through. And I realized when really carefully examining the kind of childhoods they had, particularly Donald and my father. There was this very real sense for Donald when he was quite young that there just wasn't enough love, attention, support. And for my father, who is quite a bit older, uh, 
there was too much attention. You know, he was the heir apparent. My grandfather focused on him, was extraordinarily hard on him. So because there was such an odd degree of difference in terms of what the children received, again, particularly the two brothers, for Donald, there could never be enough to compensate for the, the loss of what he experienced as a child. And for my father, there was always too much of the wrong thing. And that impacted everybody in the family. It all begins with your grandfather. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You say he's a sociopath. Yes. What do you mean by that? He had no empathy. He was incredibly driven in a way that turned other people, including his children, his wife, into pawns to be used to his own ends. If somebody could be of service to him, then he would use them. Uh, if they couldn't be, he excised them. And in my father's case, tragically, uh, he was not of use. He was the wrong kind of person. He was the wrong person. He was the wrong son. And uh, my dad never recovered from that. And my grandfather essentially needed to get rid of him. You say your grandfather destroyed both your father because he wasn't the person your grandfather wanted him to be. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump is president of the United States, yet you say the grandfather destroyed him as well. Yes. He went about it differently uh, because, unfortunately for Donald, he could be of use to my grandfather. It wasn't as simple as that, of course. Donald had many years of watching my father be the wrong one, behaving differently, um, not, being, not being accepted for who he was. And it's impossible to know who Donald might have been under different circumstances and with different parents. But clearly he learned the lesson from watching his almost eight-year-old brother be punished for being kind, for being generous, for being sensitive, for having interests outside of what my grandfather thought was acceptable. You know, he loved to hang out with his friends. He loved to boat and fish and fly. He, by the time he graduated from college, he had uh, his private and his professional pilot's license. He wasn't a killer. He was not a killer. And shockingly, <laughs> that was a bad thing. And Donald learned that lesson. Um, and he essentially had to sacrifice whatever goodness there may have been in him once, whatever um, capacities for experiencing the full range of human emotion um, to my grandfather. And on the surface of things, yes, he's been successful, however you want to define that term. I mean, certainly in material terms, and in terms of his current position, but at what cost? And I would suggest it was at the cost of him, and sadly now, uh, all of us. Who did he learn to become for his dad? He learned to become the killer, you mentioned, um, the man who needs to succeed at all costs, who recognizes that other people are expendable, who does not need to take responsibility, 
who will do anything um, to get attention, financial rewards, and to win. You write that he knows deep down that he is nothing of what he claims to be. He knows he has never been loved. Does children love him? I don't know if that's true. I don't know my cousins very well. They're much younger than I am. Um, and I guess it also depends on what that means. What does it mean to you? To me, um, love means being connected to another human being in a very deep way, um, being able to share things with them and trust them. Uh, in terms of a parent for a child, it means sacrificing for them and accepting them no matter what and never putting them in a position to lie for you or cheat for you or take from you. Uh, and I don't know that most people in my family understand that. You paint a picture of a, of a family that is, I guess in your words, malignantly dis dysfunctional. How so? From very early on, the kids were separated, uh, not physically, but emotionally and psychologically. They were never able really to count on each other in ways that mattered. They were in competition with each other for resources that uh, felt over time um, scarce, which is absurd. Donald figure out, figured out what his father wanted. Yes. His mother, not so much. No. No. She was, in some ways, very much a creature of that generation. Um, the, the gender divide in my family was stark, even for the 40s and 50s. She had very little to do with the boys. Um, it was almost as if the boys were my grandfather's purview and the girls were hers. I think from quite early on, um, Donald just didn't expect much from her. He knew, I think by the time he was sent to New York Military Academy, that she wasn't going to stand up for him. And after that very uh, tragic year when she was quite ill and inaccessible when he was only two and a half, I don't think the rift was ever repaired. You describe her as being more or less at her wit's end with Donald before he sent to the military academy. Yeah. How so? He didn't listen. He didn't respect her. I believe that because of that initial rift, which wasn't her fault, you know, she was extraordinarily ill. She was in and out of the hospital for six to 12 months. And after that, I don't believe that she was attended to properly. Uh, you know, she, her physical well-being was perhaps addressed, but her psychological well-being was not. And for whatever reason, she was not able to repair um, what that absence had wrought. So as he grew older, I think that he didn't know how to relate to her, couldn't trust her, and the 
what I'm sure he experienced as um, an excommunication uh, to boarding school was probably the last straw. He described, uh, I interviewed him on Mother's Day a few years back. He mm. said she was a warm, loving, and generous person. It was his father who was the hard one. Mm -hmm. Yet you tell a story of going to the White House in April of 2017 mm -hmm. and noticing what's on the desk behind yes. the president. Yes. Yeah, uh, it was pretty striking. And to be honest, I didn't notice until I saw the picture my brother had taken of me while I was sitting behind the Resolute desk. And there was my grandfather right over my shoulder. So I, had, of course, heard the conversation that Donald had with Marianne, you know, maybe you should get a picture of mom on your desk. And his saying, oh, yeah, somebody get me a picture of mom. But it wasn't until I saw that image of my grandfather hovering in the background that I realized how striking it was that my grandmother was nowhere to be seen, you know, not even an afterthought, really. Although, of course, a picture was gotten, <laughs> and it's, I believe it's still there now. Tell me about your father at his best. Uh, unfortunately, I can only do that through other people. Um, by the time I was born, he was quite ill. Alcohol. Yes. Um, which, you know, caused all other kinds of illnesses, too. Uh, and because my family, for reasons that are rather complicated, were very invested in portraying my father as a loser, somebody who didn't toe the party line, somebody who betrayed my grandfather by not going into the business, and be doing the entirely irresponsible thing of becoming a professional pilot for TWA at the dawn of the jet age, I, much to my shame, didn't understand what he had accomplished. Um, I was often ashamed of him, not realizing that um, he had no support in the family and was treated as somebody who was damaged beyond repair and wasn't worth investing in in any way, emotionally or otherwise. You write, Donald following the lead of my grandfather and with the complicity, silence, and inaction of his siblings destroyed my father. Yeah, that was hard to write, um, much harder to witness, partially because my dad at his best, which unfortunately was in the 60s, um, early, the early 60s, was, I mean, not that it matters, but he was an extraordinarily handsome man. But he was also charming, but in a deep way, kind, generous, fiercely loyal and beloved. I've been in touch with his friends who haven't seen him since college or even before that, and they remember him as the most wonderful human being they ever met. They remember the wonderful times they had together. You know, he would put them in his Cessna and fly them to Bimini.
So I have great confidence in my intelligence people, but uh, I will tell you that President Putin was extremely strong and powerful in his denial today. And what he did is an incredible offer. He offered to have the people working on the case come and work with their investigators with respect to the 12 people. I think that's an incredible offer. Donald Trump shocked even his harshest critics with his submission to Vladimir Putin this week, likely including my next guest. And joining me now for your moment of Maxine, Congresswoman Maxine Waters of California. Congresswoman, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Welcome. So were you... I think much of the country was surprised to actually see Donald Trump in action with Vladimir Putin and how submissive he was in public. What did you make of what, what happened in Helsinki? Well, I'm not surprised at all. As a matter of fact, I have for months uh, been trying to tell the American public and everybody else that this president is dangerous, uh, that he's in bed with Putin. Uh, someone said he wants to be like him, whatever. He will never, never condemn him uh, because of the relationship that they have. This didn't just start. This started a long time uh, before he was ever elected. Don't forget. This president cannot borrow money in the United States from any bank. This president is looking at Russia for his new money financial playground. He and all of his allies that I have told you are the Kremlin clan. I have been involved with Russia. When you name them and you think about them, why is it Manafort, Flynn, Wilbur Ross, Carter Page, Papadopoulos, all of his allies have connections with Russia. It almost seems impossible that Donald Trump could sink any lower than he already has on Twitter with insulting people's intelligence, uh, going after their personal appearances, things like that. But this morning, he actually managed to outdo himself when he said one of the most horrid and disgusting things that he has ever said since becoming president of the United States. Here it is, spread out over two tweets. 3,000 people did not die in the two hurricanes that hit Puerto Rico. When I left the island after the storm had hit, they had anywhere from six to 18 deaths. As time went by, it did not go up by much. Then a long time later, they started to report really large numbers, like 3,000. This was done by the Democrats in order to make me look as bad as possible when I was successfully raising billions of dollars to help rebuild Puerto Rico. If a person died for- Now the U.S. leads the world in coronavirus cases by a lot. The U.S. is just over 4% of the world's population, yet represents 31% total cases. And the president somehow thinks that's a good thing. When we have a lot of cases, I don't look at that as a bad thing. I look at that as, in a certain respect, as being a good thing, because it means our testing is much better. So if we were testing a million people instead of 14 million people, we would have far few cases, right? So I view it as a badge of honor. Really, it's a badge of honor. It's a great tribute to the testing and all of the work that a lot of professionals have done. I mean, aside from the fact that most believe that this president has botched this crisis from the get-go, and this will be known in history, 
worldwide as a human catastrophe that he could have prevented. Um, and he's trying to deflect at all times. And Willie and Mike, he's uh, tweeting again all sorts of crazy things. Uh, once again, uh, tweeting conspiracy theories about Joe, falsely accusing him of murder, talking about the death of a young staffer in his congressional office years ago, and calling him dangerous to walk the streets. And I'll just say, I'll take a point of personal privilege here. That's sick. Donald, you're a sick person. You're a sick person. To put this family through this, to put her husband through this, to do this just because you're mad at Joe because Joe got you again today, because he speaks the truth and he speaks plainly about your lack of interest and empathy in others and your lack of ability to handle this massive human catastrophe, the fact that you've made it worse and that you make it worse every day, and that you won't even wear a mask to protect people from your germs. But the germs you're spreading on Twitter, first of all, Twitter, you shouldn't be allowing this, and you should be taking these tweets down, and you should be ashamed of yourself. You'll be hearing from me on this, because this is BS. But Donald, you're a sick person. You're really a cruel, sick, disgusting person. And you can keep tweeting about Joe, but you're just hurting other people. And of course, you're hurting yourself. Willie, why don't Thanks for checking out MSNBC on YouTube and make sure you subscribe to stay up to date on the day's biggest stories. And you can click on any of the videos around us to watch more for Morning Joe and MSNBC. Thanks so much for watching.